and welcome to Crying in the Book Club, a podcast where three emotional friends talk about comic books that make them emotional. I am Emily and I am your host and I am here as always with John Luke Bobbill. Hello. Hello. What's up? And we uh, don't have Alex with us today, unfortunately, but we do have a special guest and that is my good pal Tease. Hi, Teresa. Hi. How are you? I am doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Um, well, I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> yes, I am very excited. I've been wanting to get you on an episode of this podcast at some point, and I feel like it was really only fitting that this was the very episode that we did. I was talking to a friend of the show, and um, he was like, I would be insulted if Emily did not invite you <laughs> to come on for this episode. Oh, and I yeah. was like, no, yeah, 110%. True. No, there, there was never any, there was never any world in which, uh, we did this series and I didn't, uh, do my best to get you on the episode at all costs. I think Emily sent a message to our group chat in like October that was like, I'm making you guys read Dungeon Meshi. And also we're going to have Teresa on. I'm yes. so, so glad. This has been <laughs> in the works forever. Especially, it, I I feel like I was really kicked into gear about doing the episode after they announced the anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that I, I've been, definitely been excited about this for a while. And yes, we are, this week we are talking about Dungeon Meshi. The official English title for this series is Delicious in Dungeon, but I will not be calling it that, and you can't make me because I hate it. I don't care that it's supposed to be a cute little D&D joke or whatever. It sounds stupid, and I don't like it. The reason why it's called Delicious in Dungeon, I believe, is because Ryoko, he was like, can we please call it Delicious in Dungeon in English? And I was like, yeah, sure. So blame it on her. <laughs> I know. It Look, it's just, it's one of those things, like, it's like in the Netflix uh, translation of Neon Genesis Evangelion, where they say first children instead of first oh. child. It's like, <laughs> I understand that, like, you... I understand that the Japanese speakers have an attachment maybe to a, a certain way things sound to them, but I feel like it just doesn't work in English. It doesn't work in English here. I don't mm-hmm. like the name Delicious in Dungeon, and we're not going to be using it. We are going That's to call so it fair. Meshi. <laughs> uh, Maybe this is just me being stupid, but I've seen people mention Delicious in Dungeon on Twitter, and my brain had not even connected that that That's was really funny. I had no idea. But I don't blame you for, because I've been consistently just calling it Dungeon Meshi, so, and, but the reason that you've seen Delicious in Dungeon is because the, the Netflix anime that is coming out right now, like, in English, uses Delicious in Dungeon as the title, so. I actually have, um the like official adventures bible with me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it actually does say like delicious in dungeon and then i have because i'm insane this is not the only copy that i have of this i have two other copies of it one in japanese and one in english and the only reason why i have two in english is because there was like a printing error on the first copy that i bought and like pages are actually like still stuck together and like the bleed didn't something weird happened with it but i like wanted an actual copy that i could use for like other stuff 
and um on the inside of it it actually does say dungeon meshi delicious in dungeon like even on the japanese version inside of the japanese version like here in this one there's like this print i'm just like goofing off but um (laughs) this print is actually this whole map is um a part of like the dust jacket for the japanese Uh version and it's labeled like delicious in dungeon and here it even says delicious in dungeon so she's trying so hard but Delicious and Dungeon's not gonna work. It's just gonna be Dungeon Meshi. I love you, but I it real okay, but I'm I'm not saying it. I no. <laughs> I just refuse. Mm. Uh as I said, um Dungeon Meshi, I do have Delicious and Dungeon in the notes because I copy this from Wikipedia. Uh Dungeon Meshi is a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by uh it, how do you pronounce the the surname? Uh a lot it I'm truthfully I I'm not sure. Some people say Q. Some people say Qe. Some people say Ku, like Kui. I'm, I'm going to say Q this time. Yeah, I, usually, I think most people with. say Q. Yeah. It, written and illustrated by Ryoko Q. It was uh, serialized in Interbrain's Seinen manga magazine, Harta, from February 2014 to September 2023. Yen Press has licensed the series in North America. I read the Yen Press uh release of the manga because i have actually uh, purchased it on kindle which god the, i'm gonna i'm gonna say it again the kindle app sucks so bad for reading comics it sucks so bad and i hate it so much and every day of my life i miss comicsology and i'm so mad yeah i was just gonna say if only amazon had like the premier digital comic book reader if, if only, only if only they had made it if only they had purchased that you know almost a decade ago <sighs> God, it makes Unfortunately, sense. they they did not do that, so it's impossible to read comics. Teresa, I don't know if you know, but recently uh, Amazon shuttered the Comicsology app entirely and has forced uh, everyone using it to switch over to the Kindle app for reading comics. And the Kindle app is just not made for reading comic books; it's made for reading regular books. That's and kind of diabolical. It doesn't have uh, as much of the like specific functionality that was good for reading comics in a digital format mm-hmm. that Comicsology did. And it like you would think you'd be able to toggle to like their comics reader versus mm-hmm. stupid Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. dumb bitch <laughs> you think and yet the, the one upside is that it got me completely out of the Amazon ecosystem and onto the, <laughs> the American publisher comics publishers like proprietary apps I feel that so hard <laughs> Uh, an anime television series adaptation of Dungeon Meshi produced by uh, Trigger the the famous uh, animation stu- anime studio Trigger uh, premiered in January of 2024, uh, and I I have watched the first episode. Teresa, you have watched the first episode. John Luke, uh, I assume you have not. I issued a f- uh, fatwa against Trigger like three years ago. I fucking so. hate Trigger. I hate are... them. Oh, thank I, God. Yeah, I, me too. I, listen. John Luke, John Luke hates Trigger because um, there was... Teresa, do you know anything about the Star Wars anime like yeah. compilation or anthology thing that was made? Trigger made a short for that, and yeah. it like sucks shit and is really bad. That doesn't like, surprise me. It's, <laughs> it's easily... like. It's easily the worst thing that I've seen that Trigger has ever done. My chair is just slowly lowering, and I feel so short. <laughs> also, Bass is sitting in my lap right now, so oh, um, amazing. Yeah, my cat. But uh, yeah, I feel that way about Trigger so much. Um, 
the thing that's great about them is that they do have really great animation and art style, but like mm-hmm. their story, just like if they have an original story, it just sucks so bad. It's just yeah, like, they really benefit. They really benefit in this case from the fact that they're adapting a really good story. Yeah, that's that makes all the difference, honestly. But um, we'll I'll, I'll probably talk. I'll I'll bring up the anime a little more later. But um, mm-hmm. getting more into the uh, specific, I I actually I tried to do some research. I tried to see if I could find like some interviews with Ryoko Q about like the background of making this manga and i couldn't really find very much i mean if i i don't know maybe if i spoke maybe if i could read japanese and uh could could search for like japanese interviews but i know that uh she doesn't really speak english so uh Mm. my my resources for trying to find background info on this were kind of limited Uh, gotta get a japanese speaking research intern yeah Yeah, right I think um, it also like goes to show that a lot of her inspirations are like heavily based in um, modern like fantasy setting series that we currently have going on right now. Mm-hmm. Like there's this ongoing meme that she's like going now that Dungeon Meshi is over, she's just going to like play Baldur's Gate 3 for like months on end. It is awfully convenient for her that she decided to end her manga like right after the release of Baldur's Gate 3. And like, I don't think this is like a lie. Like she loves Elden Ring. She loves like the Baldur's Mm -hmm. Gate series. Like she's a very big, like she very much appreciates the like aesthetic of like European set fantasy yeah so i think like that definitely shows like some of her inspiration there for sure and like if you look at her blog like she does a lot of really cool stuff on her blog that's like mostly illustrations and stuff oh you know i hadn't checked out her blog i should do that Mm -hmm. it's um i mean a lot of people just like post the sketches from the blog on twitter and stuff like that but it is really nice to look yeah, at I, but i should i should check fun. that out i will mm-hmm. probably do that after we finish recording honestly. Yeah. the uh the basic summary of uh of the plot for dungeon meshi uh not the whole thing but just to kind of get us get us intro uh in a fantasy world of dungeon exploration guilds go out on expeditions to raid dungeons many hope to find the mysterious golden kingdom which is said to be the treasure of a certain island dungeon the story begins as a group of six adventurers attempt to slay a dragon However, they are forced to escape, losing the leader's sister to the dragon's stomach. After this failure, two members of the group leave to join another band of adventurers. Feeling indebted to the party member they lost, who used magic to teleport the team outside to safety, the remainder of the team brainstorms how to get back to the dungeon level with the dragon in time to save her from digestion. With the majority of their supplies left behind in the dungeon, their mission seems impossible until their leader suggests that they sustain themselves by finding food inside the dungeon. The story then details their travels through the dungeon, the environments, traps, and monsters they encounter, and the meals they create. Our uh, main characters that we meet, at least in... We read volumes one through four for this episode, so the characters that we meet here, at least the main ones, are... um, I'm gonna... I'm going to say everyone's name wrong. The thing that I learned watching the English dub of the anime is that I don't know how to say anyone's fucking name. And since I've only watched one episode so far, I have not yet been able to make the switch over to how these names are supposedly actually supposed to be pronounced. So just I'm, I'm going to do my best. 
um uh lias uh, a tall man uh which is what they call humans uh, who must venture deep into a dungeon to rescue his sister Phelan before she is digested by the red dragon that defeated his party. Lias is a strong fighter and the leader of the party, but also tactless. He is very calm and gentle uh, and is excited to try different monster meals. He often uses the knowledge gained from cooking monsters to develop techniques to defeat them. Uh, Marcel is a half-elf magician who fights with a magic cast from a wooden staff. She is a cautious person who is usually hesitant and can sometimes be unwilling to eat monsters. She is very skilled at different kinds of magic and often able to perform complicated or high-power skills with little preparation, although her skill is underappreciated by her companions. I guess a Marcel fan wrote this description. Uh, she is an- I mean, it's not untrue, but still. Uh, she is an original member of Lias' party. Chiltruck, a half-foot, which is what they call halflings, uh, locksmith with good dexterity and keen senses. Chilchuck disables traps, finds hidden pathways, and pickpockets for the group. He is a sensible person who is often admonished by Lias for his tactless behavior and obsession with monsters, but deep down he truly cares about his companions. He doesn't like it when other people take over his job or take needless risks. He avoids combat as a rule, but can use a bow and arrow. He is an original member of Lias' party. We also have Senshi, a dwarf warrior who joins the party so he can fulfill his dream of cooking the red dragon. Lias and his party have set out to kill. Senshi has an immense an immense knowledge of the dungeon and the monsters within it and is an expert chef. He typically fights with a large axe, but always carries a pot and cooking utensils. He makes sure that the party are well fed and have a balanced diet and keep them going through the dungeon. And uh, Phelan, a Tallman spellcaster and Lias' sister, who was eaten by a red dragon at the bottom of the dungeon after using her magic to teleport the rest of the party to safety. Lias and his party are on a journey to rescue and revive her before the month-long digestion cycle of the dragon ends and she can no longer be resurrected. She has a unique ability to communicate with ghosts and uses it to keep her party safe and remove ghost-possessive corpses. She's a gentle person who shares her brother's love of monsters. She's an original member of Lias' party. So that is Dungeon Meshi. So I'm gonna ask, even though I know the answer to this question, John Luke, had you heard of this before I said we were going to read it? Nope. Okay. I have zero knowledge about it. Tease, I want to know how you got into Dungeon Meshi because you are the person who recommended, or not necessarily recommended it to me, but was going insane about it, which is tantamount to a recommendation. But I, I want to know how you ended up, like, reading and getting into it. So um, my roommate, Lily at the time, who was not my roommate, uh, messaged me on Twitter one day and was like, I really think you should read Dungeon Meshi. I, I really feel like Lias was designed in a lab and made for you. And that was truly, like, patient zero moment. <laughs> um, I kind of struggled in the beginning to read it um I wasn't that big of a fan I'm not a high fantasy person like you at really all. aren't I'm not no and um I just kind of like pushed through which is why I recommended uh the first few volumes because I really feel like the manga itself does not get into its stride like until like chapter 16 ish so I figured at least like volumes one through four would be a really nice like encompassing of like the first main arc type deal and I also thought like it gave a better feel of like the characters and the world building and stuff so once I like hit chapter 16 it just was all downhill from there (laughs) and I enjoy it 
a lot and I try to be very normal about it and I try to respect people's opinions obviously but (laughs) behind this calm exterior there is somebody with a lot of feelings towards this series (laughs) but yeah yeah I just like started seeing you post about it and I I like fantasy uh Mm -hmm. and I like uh, cooking shows so I just I I had read before this I had read like the first volume and a half I realized mm-hmm. going in that I hadn't I thought I had read volumes one and two but I never ended up finishing volume two uh, just mm-hmm. because like I, I got I, I had to put it down for some reason and then just ca- forgot to pick it back up mm-hmm. uh, but I even I had bought volume three so I was gonna keep going uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I I really enjoyed the manga, so I was pretty excited when the anime was announced. And uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's us getting into Dungeon Meshi. Tease, before you go to the next question, Emily, Tease, I have to say I'm really glad to hear that you did not th- don't think it hit its stride until issue 16. Because mm-hmm. I was really worried that I was going to have to come on this show and be like, oh my God, it was a struggle session for me to get through like the first, like almost 20 issues. Mm-hmm. That's totally fair. Yeah. I really struggled. And like, I was like, there ha- like this, ha- this can't be like so conceptually good that people keep talking about it to this way that like, it can't possibly not like stay not good. So I'm happy you felt the same way. And like, for reference, I don't, mind when somebody doesn't like something that I like so like if you're really like no I hated it I like will be like oh okay but at the end of the day like it's it's fine <laughs> it's fine I Until however like, will continue to threaten your life is as is customary <laughs> John Luke yeah well the good news is I don't hate it but good good <laughs> I uh can't relate I was totally grabbed from the start but I'm like I'm kind of a little baby sometimes like I really I don't know like I just find all the characters charming so I had You're no a fantasy issue. enjoyer too so. I also I am a I am a fantasy enjoyer for sure so mm-hmm. uh yeah that I like I kind of clicked immediately and uh and then like stuff started getting like really plotty and i was like oh hell yeah like i would have been fine just like goofing off for forever but this is cool too Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah so i guess but before i before i go to the next question that i have written down we could talk about like john luke what did what are your general like overall thoughts like did you did you like by the end i was really into it yeah um the last i I assume that it's broken the volumes are broken down into seven issues each and i would say the last seven were Mm -hmm. really good like basically the whole arc where they actually like set up for and finally fight the dragon i thought was like really exciting and when the book like really hit its stride with pacing mm-hmm. um and i don't want to dwell too much on the rest but before that it, it was really bland i felt like it was a lot of descriptions of monsters and descriptions of, of items and stuff that felt but but it wasn't like world building descriptions like it felt kind of all of it felt kind of inconsequential to me and i had a really hard time grasping like like really getting into a character in the characters. So I I will admit that I definitely don't read every single word on (laughs) the big pages of food. Um, Even though I do, I like, I, I, I love the way that food is illustrated in this manga so much, but Mm -hmm. like, I don't, I can't read all of the words because for the most part, I just don't really care that much. I just look at like the little, the Mm -hmm. big headlines and that's basically 
I, I had a hard time. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, go 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 go. I was just gonna say I had a hard time with the with the food at the beginning. Um, I know a lot of people give that vegan alert letterbox to count a lot of grief, but like I'm the person who that's for. I don't like seeing like portrayals of meat. Oh, uh, uh, you a lot know, of the time. I didn't even, I didn't even um, think about that before we we got it, into it. It eventually started getting fun because I I switched tacks and started enjoying it from the perspective of just like wow, these characters are completely psychotic about this stuff. Yeah. And, and from, from that, from that angle, there's like a dark humor to it that I, that I enjoyed. I don't know how intentional that is, but it helped me get over, get over some of the, my reservations about the food. So one thing I did say to tease while I was uh, rereading the beginning of this uh, in preparation, that is like, I, one thing I enjoy is that everybody in dungeon meshy is kind of a little freak in their own way. Yeah. I was going to say, so somebody who's actually finished the whole thing, (laughs) um, you'd be so like, I I do agree with what you're saying, Jean-Luc, and I really, um, it does, it's like a lot of heavy lifting at the beginning, like you really just have to like suck it up and take in all that information, Mm -hmm. and I will say even reading, I was reading over volume four um, earlier today, and uh, I thought it was like really funny that it was like, my cat is playing with the toy. Um, <laughs> uh, what I found really funny about uh, Volume Four is that, like, they're like, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna build these bones together. We're just gonna make three whole skeletons from scratch." I was like, "Girl, there's no way that was ever that easy." <laughs> like, and I think like there's some moments in that where it's like, "Oh, this is just absolutely not realistic." I mean, not even realistic in the realm of like this fantasy mm-hmm. setting. So like, I there's like some moments in it where I'm like, "All right, enough." Like. You got too much of an artistic license here, but like, what also is really wild about these first few vol, like these your first few volumes and chapters, is that a lot of this is. <laughs> Excuse me, as she walks down the stairs. Um, a lot of these things, unfortunately, actually come back later in the series. Like, um, I mean, like, there's some character foreshadowing for sure in um, some of in one of the vault, like a. The chapter with like the paintings and jumping through and yeah, like, that, I know that I know that elf is uh, way more important than than you might think. Volume four does end off with him, so yes, them. I think I think this also them technically. Okay, um, yeah, Thank I'm you. not 100 percent sure. I but... Literally, just didn't know that. <laughs> Via fan translation, uh, Thistle's mostly been a, it's like a general they, them to a he sometimes, but also I think it really depends. Uh, I won't lie, I read this illegally the whole entire time I read it, but as like Dungeon Meshies, he also read it illegally, so yeah. he loved to see it, yeah. So, like, it kind of is like up to the mercy of people who've translated it, but no, that makes sense. I, li- I, li- now that you like even mentioned it, like, mm-hmm. I can't even think of in the official translation if there were ever pronouns used because, like, you see this character so little in the mm-hmm. time that it, in what we read that, like, you can kind of get away with it not coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think kind of like similar to like Hoseki no Kuni, they just like yes. use the character's name instead of like uh, pronouns. Mm-hmm. So like there's a lot of so, things that like read, finishing Dungeon Meshi. So what happened was after I finished the last chapter, I was like, wow, this was so fucking good. And I've like been reading it consistently as it came out for like two years at that point so how much did I remember so I just like started from the beginning again I was like oh wow that's there oh wow that's there oh wow that's there so I I think 
a lot of those things were jammed pack in there because she was just like kind of excited to begin to build progress, but didn't necessarily know how. I think this is actually her first like fully full published series as well, too, if I recall correctly. Hell of a debut. I know. I feel like it is. Let me look this up. Um... While you're doing that, I, I, I do think it's funny that you mention issue 14, specifically the painting issue, because that was the <laughs> first one where I was like, OK, maybe there is something here. Yes. Because it was the first sure. time there was a hint at like, like, I don't necessarily need a, a comic series or a manga series to like be super plot oriented. Like, I do mm-hmm. like the sort of like, let's just have characters hang out and vibe, but that wasn't fully working for me. So, but as soon as she kicked into gear with the plot stuff there and like building out like the past about the the prince and his father, I was like, oh, maybe there's something more going on that just hasn't been elucidated on yet. So that was the first one where I was like, okay. Yeah, and it's my understanding that that all becomes very important later. I'm not surprised by that. So I lied. Um, <laughs> this is her fifth thing that she's published. Okay, okay wow. Um, but this is by far has been her longest. Okay. And most successful for sure. Okay. She's done like a lot of like one-off anthology series. Um, okay. like, I think in maybe two or three, uh, two of them. And then she's done one series. She did like a short, uh, no, she did like something that was 33 chapters, something that was 44 chapters. So this is what, 89. So yeah, okay. this is her first like long form series, but still okay. pretty early in her career, I must yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Very cool. Um, John, what did you think of the art in this book? I mostly liked it. I I felt like there's a lot of really good visual storytelling with the characters expressions and it carries a lot of, a lot of the weight is carried by like the body language and the facial expressions because there's so, especially early on, there's so little actual dialogue that isn't like them just like, it's not exposition exactly, but it's not like conversational it's not as conversational early on so so much of it so much of what you get out of the characters is in the visuals and from that in that respect i think it's it's very successful and does a really good job and then i again to go back to to the last like few issues the whole dragon sequence i think is a really exciting action scene Mm -hmm. i i've often had issues with some of the the manga we've read before for this show of like some of like even like berserk which i loved i i felt like some of the action was a little inert and too reliant on like speed lines so it was hard to follow this feels like very like this is like the movement is incredible from panel to panel and the the, the actual like fight scene is is really well done i thought and exciting mm-hmm. so i was a fan yeah t you've read a lot of manga t's how do you feel about like the art in this this is like my bread and butter i love like a really uh style like for me when people like oh what kind of manga do you like i was like oh god you're not gonna like this answer because i'm a very heavily uh seinen based reader for sure and um what i really appreciate yeah um i also read a lot of josai but definitely way more seinen than josai and um dungeon meshi for me i really appreciate like the line widths and uh, weights of it and I love um, the co- like I'm a very big fashion person I love the costuming I think like um, the character details are really important and like I think 
a lot of, um, there's a lot of visual, like as John Luke, you were saying, there's a lot of visual storytelling within these character designs as well. Like I think uh, a really great example is later on the Canaries who are like the peacekeeper group of these elves. Like some have notches in their ears because they're actually prisoners. Some don't because like they're higher up people within, oh, the rain. Um, they're <laughs> higher up people within um, like this, uh, the peacekeeping group and stuff like that. And I think um, it's a really fascinating way to like tell these cultures apart of these species of people and stuff. So I really appreciate the overall like character designs and just like the bodies of the characters a lot, but just from like an art style and perspective view, uh, a lot of my favorite series are very much like humanoid characters in situations like 20th Century Boys is a favorite of mine. Golden Kami is a favorite of mine. Doro Hey Doro. Um, so things like that all have very similar art styles and ways like it's it's like a this cartoonish realism and um i think dungeon meshi definitely fits within that realm of like cartoonish realism for sure for me it's weird to say about like something like dungeon meshi which is high fantasy but mm -hmm. it, like it does seem like when it comes to manga you prefer things that are kind of grounded mm-hmm uh, and, and I feel like even though this is high fantasy, the art style is very grounded, mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't go in some of the, like, ridiculous ways that manga art styles can go, yeah. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, not to be, like, somebody who grew up online in the early 2000s, but, like, I'm not very much, like, a shovel face anime girl. Yeah. Like, I, I like my... I have to say, like, maybe I guess I should be saying, like, I definitely like a uh, manga that has a little bit more of, like, a Western feel to it in their art styles and writing styles and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I know people love Slice of Life, but, like, as an American, I do not like Slice of Life. <laughs> Which I know is, like, in a very American thing, but it's the truth. I just don't. <laughs> well, you also, you don't like sitcoms either. And I Slice hate sitcoms. <laughs> Slice of Life is Oh, how another sitcom hater. Let's fucking go. Slice of Life Somebody is the it. anime equivalent of a sitcom, basically. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah. that that absolutely tracks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I love the art in Dungeon Meshi. I think that uh, Ryoko Q's art style is just so cute. And I especially... My, my favorite thing that she does is when, like like panels involve characters having to be really small and like having to choose like which details to include in like a little like toony like or uh simplified version of the characters mm -hmm. it, i just is it's something that is always a, a favorite thing of mine in reading manga in general but that i think that ryoko q especially does really well in a way that just brings me a lot of joy when i read it like there there's so much i like about her art but in specific like something that i kept noticing was every time she had to draw a character like really tiny it was just like Oh, it's so cute. I love it so much. Um, John Luke, uh, how does Dungeon Meshi compare to other manga that we have read for the show? Uh, it's a good question. I, I mean, yeah. it, I, it's, it's not my favorite of the ones we've done. That's for sure. Uh, okay. it's just because I feel like some of the other things that we've read, like I'm thinking of like 
in particular like Tomie and Alita uh-huh. are way more my speed like genre wise and thematically than sure. than this is like this is not something that I necessarily like if I had heard about this without the show it's not something I necessarily would have sought out on my own even though I did end up enjoying it but I I do I don't know I probably like liked it a little more than Witch Hat Atelier uh but I, I don't know like it's 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 good but it's definitely not you know the best thing we've we've read sure um in terms of fantasy stuff i definitely much prefer berserk but again like berserk is way more my speed in terms of like i mean it's gonna sound really lame but like the grittiness of the world and stuff i i like a lot more so that's so I, funny you say that because i hated berserk because of that <laughs> I was like, why must everything suck? Like, can guts get a break? And I was like, and why is it so mean? I do want to try it for the third time. I made it 20 chapters last time. And I was like, I just don't know if I can do this. So you should do what I did, which is the great hack of skipping the entire first part of the story. Accidentally, who said that John Luke accidentally? Okay, so I don't know if you know anything about like the numbering of Berserk, but like it doesn't actually start like numbering chapters until like super far in, and -hmm. there's like a weird way that like the beginning is numbered. And when I sent John Luke a website to read it on, he just disregarded all of the stuff that wasn't like chapter one, chapter two at the beginning. Mm And we just didn't, uh, we didn't talk about it at all until it got time to record the episode. So John Luke didn't come in until like, uh, in the, uh, like golden, what golden era. No, a lot of people start at the golden arc. You're not the only one. Yeah. And that's where the anime is. So like. Mm -hmm. And then I went back after learning about that um, as we were recording the show. I went back and read the, the the stuff at the beginning. And I definitely didn't like it as much. But I think, like, it, it helped having the context for Berserk knowing that it does eventually get a little... Because like, I went back and I read it and absolutely was like, oh my god, this is really grim. And I, I don't mind that, but it was nice knowing that eventually, like, there's some stuff that is less grim. So it's, like, at least within the creator's repertoire to – that's not always going to be, like, beating the shit out of guts for 20 pages at a time. <laughs> not to be a miserable bitch. Like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, who was your favorite character, John luc Uh, I don't – that's a. I don't really know. I, I guess if I had to to, to you pick, have to pick, to pick someone, if I have to pick one, I would probably go with the dwarf guy, who's his name's Senshi? in the Google Doc. I should have just scrolled Senshi. up. Like, Senshi, yeah. Uh, I really like that. Uh, the bit where they clean his beard. I thought that was fun. Oh, did I you find that had, relatable? A, a little bit, yeah. Well, I I definitely clean my facial hair more often than he seems to. So yeah. Uh, but I. I feel like he has some of the best bits in the in the book. Like he's kind of fun. He's really in, precious. Yeah, he's a little aloof about the rest of it too, uh, which I think is is enjoyable. And yeah, I I, I don't know. I I I enjoyed his character the most. I, I this this probably won't mean anything to you, but uh, he's voiced in the English dub of the anime by Sung Won Cho, who is mm-hmm. like a. Sort sort of a an internet darling uh, who has got 
been doing uh, anime dub voice acting for the past couple of years, and uh, I, I think he does a good job, and I, I'm excited to see him here. So, uh, mm-hmm. Tease, who is your favorite character? I mean, I feel like it's Lias. I feel like I feel like that's it is. It is uh, Lias is my favorite, um, <laughs> but I also I just yeah. He's my favorite. <laughs> that's that's about it. That's all I'm going to say. Um, my favorite character, at least as far as we have, have read, I think, is probably Marcel because I am... A huge shocker. Yeah, I know. This one is a great yeah. shock to everyone involved. <laughs> but I, I love a girl failure. And, uh, oh, Marcel, she is long-suffering, but she tries so hard. And... She's just so cute, and she and Phelan are precious, and I love them so, 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 so much. Uh, so, did was uh, there any character that you did not like, John Luke? <laughs> was there was there anyone that you you feel like is your least favorite character? Uh Marcial. Oh, fuck off! <laughs> no, I, I, I like I, I found the sh- the shtick of like every issue or her doing the like, I don't want to eat that. Oh wait, it's delicious to be a little, it got, it, it ground on me. But, but then when they do that flashback to her at the Academy or whatever, and it sort of builds on like her relationship with uh, Phelan, I thought that it, she became more compelling, compelling to me after that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair. But honestly. I don't know if I necessarily have a least favorite character. I do hate that other dwarf for, you know, being a traitorous piece of shit, <laughs> just following the money. I mean, yeah, I, I hate you, you. You you can't respect that kind of dishonorable behavior. <laughs> uh, Tease, do you have any characters that you don't like in Dungeon Meshi? I was thinking about it. Um, I'm kind of like whatever towards um. Oh my god, what's his name? The swordsman that was originally in their group. Uh, Sure. Oh, I, um, it's not Shigure. <laughs> it's Shiro. I Shiro, think. yeah. Uh, he, like, has a thing for Phelan or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm like, go away. Like, throughout, consistently throughout the series, I mean, like, there, I guess he's I mean, responsible he for like, some He literally stuff. isn't a part of any of what we read, basically. Like, he's at yeah. the, he's, ob- he's there at the beginning, but, like, he's not yeah. a character in any of the what we read. So. Yeah, he he pops up, like, every once in a while throughout the rest of the series and just like, Ooh. all right, like, there he is. Like, I don't really, I, you know what it is, when you like something like this, like, I don't hate, I'm not someone who like passionately hates characters really. Sure. Like I'm just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So he's like my lowest on like the, yeah, okay, whatever <laughs> side of characters, I guess. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. <laughs> um, did, do either of you have like a favorite monster that they encountered uh, in these first four volumes? Because I definitely have an answer to this. I actually really like. Let me see if there's pictures of them. This is so corny that I'm just like pulling out the fucking. No, I'm, I Bible. love it. Thank you. Um, I actually really love um, the treasure bugs. I think those are really yes. fun. Oh, I think they're so cute. <laughs> I think like they're so fun as a concept. I really like the idea that you can like make jelly out of them and you can 
make all these things about them. Um, also, as I'm flipping through, shout out to Kiki and Kaka. <laughs> Best <laughs> yeah. names in the whole series. So um, silly. I was I forgot that that's what their names is. And when I saw them, I was like, oh, I forgot that. That's so funny. But I, yeah, I think the treasure bugs definitely are something that I'd be like, I would like to try you, please. What about you, John? The treasure bugs are fun. I, I do really like the the conceit of that issue where the the other party finds the the treasure and then the main characters like stumble upon them. Like that's like a fun mystery. Mm-hmm. I I like the Kraken. I mean, it's not like a particularly innovative or different monster, but I like Krakens. I think they're cool. Mm-hmm. And when it like leaps out of the lake, I think that looks awesome. Oh yeah. So I I I I would say the Kraken. I I like the what's the de- I, I'm completely blanking on what it's called. Uh, the the deer that's also in that same arc when they're crossing the the lake. Oh, it has like a Western name too. It's the, I, I uh, should remember it. But. The horse, the kelpie. The ho- yeah, the, the kelpie. Yes, that's the kelpie. What it yeah. It's a horse, not a deer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that one too. Uh, if only because like like the kraken, it actually fights back like in a pretty significant way. I enjoy that about it a, a great deal. Mm-hmm. So I like the Kelpie. I, my favorite is definitely the living armor. I think that it's so yeah. cool that they're like little mollusks and that like the, the armor is their shells. Like, I, I don't know. Like when I got to that chapter, I was just so delighted. I think that that's such like a fun way to explain the idea of like sentient armor or whatever Um, there's also nightmares and they're like little clams and stuff like that yeah Yeah. like they're later in the series but like they they're like on this i think like they hang out on like the the shores type deal and Mm -hmm. then people are like oh why is everything so bad like why do we keep having nightmares and it's literally just because like these fuck off clams (laughs) in the middle of the shore it rules i love it these clams with bad vibes (laughs) yeah yeah, that's well, honestly one of the things that I like most about this series is just like you can tell that Ryoku Q really has like a passion for these fantasy creatures and like getting into like the nitty gritty of like how they work and operate and even like, you know, like what it means to like carve them up and cook them. Like it's really like morbid and weird, but like it's just I also find it really creative and interesting like this is a a a perspective on fantasy creatures that you I don't think I've seen in anything else if nothing else for those like first few issues at least like it's an interesting spin on the monster of the week structure Mm -hmm. and like I like the monster of the week structure on its own but it is kind of cool that it has like this additional twist to it where it comes at it from a different perspective so I agree with you there Emily And I just love the way, as I mentioned, I love the way that food is illustrated in this. Even if, like, if I were faced with eating some of these things because I also don't eat meat, I would probably think they are very gross. Like, just, like, looking at, like, the the way that they're drawn and, like, the, I don't know, the attention to detail in, like, crafting these dishes to begin with is just, like, I just think it's really cool. I think uh, food manga as a whole is really underappreciated as a genre. I don't think um, we, like, as people, like, I feel like 
Everybody yeah, goes on about Studio Ghibli food, but Studio yeah. Ghibli is not the only people making cool fucking anime food. Mm-hmm. And like, even like, I know a lot of people always like comment on about food wars, but like, I also really like Wawakazako, which is a four panel series about this girl who just really enjoys going to restaurants and it's like based off of like the mangaka's own food journal diaries and stuff like that and like he talks about like the beers that she loves to drink and stuff like that too and like there's also um she like recommends restaurants and stuff and i had to review that for anime news network like a while back ago when i wrote for them for one season Mm -hmm. but um I really like that too, and I think like at we we don't appreciate food manga as much as we should. I think as a genre, <laughs> I like I, seeing I, the I, you're probably right. I didn't even realize it was a genre mm-hmm. of anime of uh, manga. That's pretty. That mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Yeah, there's so much. There's so much. There's yeah. Mm. I, I won't start talking about. It. I feel like oh, in Western comics we have Batman. You know, yeah. And, like and you guys have ten million different things. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. Uh, I feel like we. Pr- I probably know the answer to this at least for John Luke. But um, would you eat monsters if you had to? Uh, either of you? Do you think? Like if you were like and John Luke, I am I am thinking like if you were in the position of like these adventurers where you don't have any money or resources or whatever, and this is what you have to do or whatever, not just like I don't know because you want to, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's uh, eat the monsters. No, I, I feel like the golems would be like a nice intermediary though. I would I would eat the vegetables off the back of the golem. I think I'd I'd be fine with that. But I, I would really prefer yeah. to avoid eating the monsters. That's fair. I feel like the golden vegetable gardens looked really delicious too. They were so I cute. Thought, they were like they, they just seemed like really rich and like nutritious. But yeah, I would. Um, outside of this, I love food. <laughs> I I really love food. So you try yeah. it. I try it. Yeah. I mean, I've. I feel like I've, I'm a pretty adventurous eater, all things considered. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would try. Yeah, I yeah, I would probably struggle with like trying to eat monster meat. Uh, but I agree that like the the golem vegetables look like when they like reached in and pulled out like a whole like I don't, it was like a bushel of carrots or something. That like those look great. Uh, and I don't know, but I, I do, I think that the, as I said, the, the food illustrations in this look so good that it is like partially tempting, but if I had to like look at it and smell it, I would probably remember that, oh, I think meat is gross and I don't want to eat it. <laughs> I, I think I would, if presented with the opportunity, break my veganism to eat, a, to eat dragon meat specifically, just because I think that would be like pretty epic like it's just one of those things where like i was thinking about dragon meat because like i'm a pescatarian so like mm-hmm. there is a little bit of wiggle room when it like i would uh you know like there there are some meats that i would probably be able to eat in a dungeon but like 
I would. I've eaten alligator that I've justified mm. as, uh, you know, like be, being under water. the purview of a pescatarian diet. So, like, I feel like dragon is not that different from alligator, all things considered. I also think it's kind of fair. Like, if the thing is going to eat you, I think it's kind of like giving up the game. Like, it's fine to eat it back, you know, if you defeat it in combat. Sure. I- and that's why I eat bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I know one of the headers for one of the opening like splash pages for one of the chapters is like eater be eaten. Yeah. And then later on in the series, uh, the last chapter is to eat is to live is what the final panel says. Spoilers. Whoops. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, yeah. So like food and like survival definitely go hand in hand in the series too. And also, like, I just think it'd be a flex to be like, yeah, I ate dragon meat. Oh, absolutely. Because, like, like, that implies that you, you or someone you know could slay a dragon. Exactly. Like, I, I feel like I've had um, a pretty adventurous, like, dining experience life. Like, I've, I've eaten at a three-star Michelin restaurant before. Like, I've eaten some pretty bougie places. um, Mm -hmm. And... I always like love to be like, yeah, like there's this and this, and it was paired with this, and the idea of being like, yeah, I had dragon with this, like that would <laughs> that blow my mind. Like, <laughs> I'd be so delighted by that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. You can't help but relate to to Elias in in that respect of the mm-hmm. like. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd be so giddy about it, but the whole like, you know, I you got to try these things. Yeah, right? like, I, I do appreciate experience. that aspect of the character. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it is so goddamn funny that like Lias has clearly been waiting his whole life for this moment <laughs> and i was i was telling tease this before uh like a couple of days i was telling Tease this a couple of days ago but like i'm not saying that Lias like lost them their three days of supplies on purpose but it's awfully convenient for him Mm. that they had to resort to doing the thing he's wanted to do the whole time anyway hey we know that there are things that he's a little devious about some stuff right like he Mm -hmm. keeps the when he keeps the little part of the living armor like he doesn't tell anyone like he's Mm -hmm. got He's got. He, I could see him scheming and getting up to some machinations uh, to, to, to engineer. I'm the not perfect saying scenario. he did it on purpose. I'm saying he might not have tried that hard to make I, sure that right. the supplies didn't get. He saw an opportunity and he seized it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do either of you enjoy cooking? I love. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like cooking. I I can't cook to save my life. Like I'm, it, it, <laughs> I'm trying so hard to learn how to cook. Like so hard. The problem is like I have the cooking abilities of like a middle schooler, but I have the palate of like a 70 year old man who like eats constantly. So I feel like, yes, in theory, I like to cook. But, like, I got to have the proper, like, time and space so I could learn what the fuck I'm doing so it doesn't come out bad. <laughs> like, yeah. So in theory, yes, in practice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cooking is a process. And if you don't have someone, like, teaching you how to cook as you grow up, that uh, process gets harder and harder to uh, to get accustomed to 
when you have to branch out and do it on your own. I definitely went through that when I moved out on my own for the first time. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, uh, I loved cooking like as a teenager because like my parents taught me how to cook a lot of stuff. And then mm -hmm. same thing when I moved out on my own, I just like stopped doing it for years. And then it was really just recently that I was like living at home again for a few months and cooking with my, with my mom and my dad again, that I was like, Oh yeah, I do really love this. And so like when I moved back out, I like got a place with a big kitchen so that I can actually cook stuff. And, yeah. and I, I spent like six hours in the kitchen yesterday. Just oh wow. Yeah. You were doing I, a lot of meal prep. I love, I, yeah, I love baking especially, but yeah, like cooking in general, I, I love it. So that's really cool. Yeah, I like cooking, but unfortunately, like, sometimes it gets to be food time. Like, the longer it gets into the evening that I haven't, like, started doing something for dinner, the less that I want to do anything oh, yeah. for dinner. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's definitely, like, a time limit on on when I can get cooking versus, like, when I am too hungry to cook and just need to order yeah. takeout. Yeah, that's like if I if I can wake up early enough on Sunday mornings and, like, put the football game on and start cooking at like 8 a.m. It's like perfect. And, but yeah, like I, I get in really bad habits of like, oh, it's, it's 6 30. I just sent my last work email. Fuck it. I'm going across the street and getting something to eat. I, I like, feel I'm not, that so hard. Yeah. I'm yeah. not making anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big same. Um, well, Tease, I know you have finished reading the series, but John Luke, do you think that you will read any more of this? Uh, I might at some point go back to it. Uh, if we do more of it on the show, I, I, I'd lo- I would like to read more of it. Um, I would not be opposed to that. But I, 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 I will pro it's one of those things that like, I have put it on my list of things to go back to, but that list of comics is extremely long. And I know we have some things planned for this show in particular for this year that are going to take up a lot of comic book reading time. So I I don't know when I'll get to it, but I, I would like to at some point to, especially because like, I feel like I was like just getting into it and then yeah. put it down. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, it might be a couple of years, but yes, I, I think at some point I will return. I will return to, to Dungeon Dungeon. Yeah. yeah. I literally had to like resist the urge to just go on and, read like the next volume right after i finished volume four so um i will def i'm definitely going to keep reading uh and also uh as i mentioned the the anime has come out um i i watched it tisa's watched it um john luke do you have any interest in the anime uh, no i hate studio trigger i will never watch another <laughs> studio trigger project that's fine I watched uh, Edge Runners by accident, and then Chad told me it was a Studio Trigger thing, and I was so mad that really I watched funny. the whole thing last year. Oh, you watched all of Edge Runners? I still haven't even yes, finished Yes, I, I finished Edge Runners, and, and I only, like, two days ago when I tweeted about hating <laughs> Studio Trigger, and Chad told me that they did Edge Runners. I, was I like, also, I forgot what the that they fuck? did Edge Runners. That's really funny. Um, Tease, uh, as a noted Studio Trigger hater, how did you feel about the first episode of the because the only the first episode has come out so far but how did you feel about the first episode of the anime so when the series is announced i was like it's so over very afraid so over um i so it like 
not to be nitpicky, but I think like Marcel's too round. Like her face is like so soft and round in the anime, which I'm like, why? Like, don't make her like I feel like they're trying to infantilize her. Infantilize her. her. Yeah. Uh more like the way that they're drawing like the spreads of her and stuff like that. I'm like, girl, get off the floor. That's not you. Yeah. Um, but for the actual series itself, um, like you said earlier, I really think the animation and the writing is really combining here to do something good. Um, I hate how deep Lias's voice is. I wish it was a little bit higher, but that's just... Yeah, he didn't really so high, sound how I expected him to sound either. Yeah, yeah, just like not as deep, like not as bass. Did you watch the dub or the the sub? I watched okay, the okay. sub. I'll have to I'm... check out the sub. Too. No, I, yeah, I, was I know you're not watching the dub a, too. I know you're not normally a dub watcher. I just wanted to. Yeah, I was, and it's funny that you say that because I was also like, oh, maybe I should watch the dub too, and then. This week at work has been insane. <laughs> I so, do. I think the dub is good, uh, uh-huh. but I also think that like the the English dub actor for Elias was a little bit deeper than I was expecting him to sound. I don't think he sounds bad. Just you know, mm-hmm. the, yeah. And I feel um, that way about the uh, sub, like the Japanese original voice actor as well too. Uh, the dub voice actress for Marcel is actually uh, Nami from the live action Netflix oh. One Piece, which I okay. think is cool. Um, and I, I actually I watched One Piece live action and enjoyed it quite a bit. So I was uh, excited to see her here as well. Nice. And uh, as I mentioned, Sung Won Cho uh, voices Senshi. I don't. No, her voice is chill, Chuck. Oh, I think it's uh Casey. What's their name? Um, oh, the, who was uh Senshi or uh Senshi? What am I talking about? Shinji. Shinji and NGE. Yeah. Yeah. The the new Shinji. The new Shinji. I think it's them. I'm not 100 okay. sure. I think it's them. Because okay. uh, my roommate and I were looking at this literally yeah. <laughs> earlier this week. Um, yeah, no, I, I, all things considered, I wasn't optimistic when it was announced, but I was quite satisfied with it when I watched it. What about you? I, yeah, I liked it a lot, especially I had read, uh, the, the exact chapters that the first episode covers, like right before watching the first episode so I got to mm-hmm. really have like that one-to-one comparison and oh, I, wow. was, I was kind of shocked at how one-to-one the adaptation of the chapters was to the episode like oh. down to like the like staging of certain scenes and stuff uh mm-hmm. and yeah I I too because of Studio Trigger I was worried about the way that Marcel was going to be animated but um you know, I thought I thought the the show itself was fine. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I I agree that I don't like that promo art of her on the ground. I think it looks dumb. But uh, you know, like as far as the episode goes, they were remarkably restrained, and I hope that that maintains through. I hope uh, it's a trend. The rest of the anime. Uh, yeah. because like yeah like you're as you said earlier like studio trigger does employ some really talented animators it's just sometimes mm-hmm. they use those powers for things that are awful to behold yeah uh so i'm definitely i'm very excited about uh it 
new episodes of this are going to be coming out weekly, which I think is very cool for a Netflix uh, thing because they are so still attached to the uh, dumping a whole season at once binge model. Uh, but I'm excited that this is I, John Luke. I don't know if you know the uh, these episodes are being released like at the same time that they are in Japan as they are in the U.S., which is uh, uncommon for anime. And I think that that's neat. If we are done with that, John Luke, do you hear that sound? I do. That sound. What is it, that? It's the Doomsday Clock. This is uh, signaling. It's, it's a new segment that we've never done before in any of our previous uh-huh. episodes. We're, we're introducing yeah. it now. And uh, it's... Tease, sig- just so you know, this is a bit... I, I'm <laughs> against the... You were warned ahead of time to have something prepared for the cry space, but it is a bit that this is the new thing that we're doing every episode. Um, Thank God. But um, this is this is our cry space where we talk about something that made us cry in the time between the, this episode and the last episode. Uh, Tease, as the guest, I suppose you have the, the option of going first or last. Sure, I can go first. Um, I am a champion crier at literally everything. Uh Um, I've cried at so many things in my life that are so minimal and so massive, but today's cry was, um, I got a really nice text from a friend and it made me cry. (laughs) So that's, that's that's my, I like that. Thank you. I guess. John Luke was something that made you cry recently. Well, that was very heartfelt, and mine is very lame. But uh, so some people may be familiar with the uh, Lego collectible minifigure series, which is their blind bag uh, series. Mm-hmm. And I waited. Well, first of all, they changed the packaging. They used to be in like these vinyl bags, so you could kind of like feel them and figure out which ones they were. They started putting mm-hmm. them in these like little boxes, uh-huh. so you can't tell anymore. And they released a they released a series of Marvel ones last year, Marvel Comics ones last year. And I waited and waited and waited for them to go on sale. Finally, they go on sale. I ordered a bunch of them, and despite the fact that there are two different Hawkeyes, both uh, Kate Bishop and um, the other one whose name I'm Clint Barton. Clint Barton. Uh, yep, yeah, Clint Barton. I I do I have a huge Clint Barton head, but I you know he is forgettable in some. I ways. don't read comics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> even <laughs> i uh i i got zero hawkeyes and i was Ooh. really bummed about it i because now i have to go to the aftermarket and buy the hawkeye minifigures which i was really hoping to avoid mm. that is that made me kind of sad today my cry space um i thought about I thought about uh, doing like when Alex's cat died and just like bringing everyone down by making my cry space that my girlfriend dumped me last week. But instead, <laughs> oh, uh, what okay. I'm actually going to do is um, I have uh, sort of a, a funny cry space, which is that I was peer pressured into watching the Amazon Prime uh, Jack Reacher television series and um i enjoyed the first episode and i don't know how to feel about that i'm just shocked that you have a friend out there somewhere who would like somehow you've selected somebody to be in your social group 
that watched and enjoyed Jack Reacher enough to peer pressure you into watching it. And that is just shocking to me. It is, it yeah. is a friend and his wife watched the, the Reacher television show and were so engrossed in it that they spent <laughs> like an hour pitching me on this show. And I was like, well, I guess I can watch the first episode. And it turns out actually I enjoyed that first episode and I don't know what to do with that information. He's like Sherlock Holmes but if Sherlock Holmes was like less annoying and could also like take out an entire group of people trying to kill him at once you kill like, yourself right I know I understand but there's so, I don't know um that's really that's why it's my cry space is because like I don't know what to do with this it's it's this is like one of this is like a show that like my sister put on for my grandpa last Christmas yes, and like he is. was riveted in front of the TV like so now like there are two people in my life who love Jack Reacher and it's my seventy seven year old grandfather and you which is maybe the only thing the two of you have in common almost definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, the the actor who plays Jack Reacher, um, you probably never watched Smallville, John Luke, but he was Aquaman. I've watched Smallville. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't. I've never finished watched. it, but I've watched. I've watched a couple seasons of Smallville. He, watched, he played Aquaman in Smallville. I didn't really watch enough Smallville to get that into it, but Me um, but also I don't know. Just he's like, he's just this this gigantic muscle man and i don't understand how he manages to be compelling but he is and it's upsetting to me frankly that i enjoyed the first and also uh guillermo from what we do in the shadows was in the first episode a little bit so i was excited about that but um yeah that's fair yeah that's i'm that's why i'm upset is is that i liked uh the conservative wet dream television show (laughs) Um, but I... And they said conservatives can't make good art. Well, I mean, I don't think the people making this show are the conservatives, TBH. But, um... But anyway, well, I mean, you know, I guess the the, the more important people involved in the production definitely are, uh, because that's just how, uh, that's just how showbiz works, baby. But, um, that brings us to the end of our episode so um i guess it's time to to do the plugs for the things if you would like to follow us on the internet you can do that at crying book club you should rate and review us five stars on your podcast platform of choice john luke can be found on twitter at mountain dew liker or on letterboxd at jl botville alex who is not here can be found on twitter at alex hansiak i can be found on twitter at impandanata letterboxd and twitch at pandabore and the following podcasts imagine me and Yushina, the fresh podcast market with tease and that looks terrible. Teresa can be found on Twitter at Vicuniad and also on the podcast, The Fresh Podcast Market. Tease, is there anywhere else that you can be found or anything else that you would like to plug? Should I give my letterboxed too? You can, yeah. <laughs> my letterbox is similar to Vicuniad. Instead, it's Vicunias. Ooh, like your account. <laughs> yes, it is. They they go hand in hand. That is my mark. That's my title. Yeah, your I feel your Neopets account and your Letterbox account account holding hands is really like the that's like the distilled essence of tea. My Instagram is also 
a part of that collective <laughs> as well too like Excellent. uh my social media as a whole what has been like those two mm-hmm. words rooted collectively. there's either an s or a d yeah essentially if the s was taken i took the d and if the d was taken i took the s kind of thing <laughs> but um that's been our show i don't know that we have actually picked what we're reading next time so uh you'll find I think that's true I think you'll find out, listeners, whenever that episode pops up in your feed. Thank you for joining us, Teresa. This was so fun. Thank you so much. This was delightful. Anytime. Excellent. And if we we end up doing more Dungeon Meshi, we'll have to have you back. Gladly. Gladly.